Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered since the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins? But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. When he said above, you have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings. These are offered according to the law. Then he added, behold, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first mm. in order to establish the second. And by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Mm. And every priest stands daily at his service offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by offering a single offering, for by a single offering, he, was perf he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us. For after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Another incredible uh, gospel passage that really just speaks so much more beautifully to the nature of the gospel than either of us ever will. Right. <laughs> um, but man, I, I love the portrait of the gospel that's presented here as a finished and final work. I love that verse uh, that, you know, every priest stands daily at his service, blah, blah, blah. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down Boom. at the right hand of God. Like that is, that's cold blooded. Absolutely. <laughs> that's so uh, good. You know, I, I just think that's such a great image. Um, but what are, you, what are your thoughts on this passage? You know, I had a question that plagued me as a young believer. Um, I trusted Christ when I was going to the sixth grade and didn't have a whole lot of discipleship and uh, pretty soon found myself churchless for a couple of years before I went back to church in the 10th grade. And uh, so anyway, uh, one of my best friend's dads was a pastor. His name's uh, Jimmy and everybody called him Brother Jimmy. So one day somebody was kind of like peppering me. I already me. trust him. <laughs> oh yeah, he's the best. But they peppered me with some questions and they said, okay, so say Brother Jimmy uh, gets mad at his family and, and cusses and like says some, some like mean things to his family. 
And then he goes out for a drive and ends up dying in a car accident. And it's a pretty like graphic picture. Sure. Um, but because he sinned against his family and, and cussed and, and said these like cruel things to his family and then he died without having a chance to repent, mm. without having a chance to go and confess his sins, would he go to heaven? And that question just like, yeah. it killed me as yeah. this young believer. And what it did was it made me kind of fanatical in that if I ever did anything wayward, I was immediately like, Lord, please forgive me. Please forgive me. Yeah. And um, and I, I didn't have any sort of category for this, but essentially what I think I was doing is I was kind of acting uh, in accord with the old covenant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we see in, in Hebrews 10, the, these, this first section is an emphasis on the idea of sacrifice. So if you were listening yesterday, we talked about repetition and how repetition often uh, will point towards a theme or something that we ought to pay attention to. Well, the idea of sacrifice mm-hmm. or offerings is repeated over and over and over again in this section. Yeah, yeah. And so much of the idea is, is that the sacrifices and the offerings that occurred in the Old Testament according to the Old Covenant, well, as appropriate as they were as an act of worship, uh, verse four summarizes it well, it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Mm. Like it just isn't going to happen. Yeah. The, the nature of the sacrificial system in the Old Testament was it had to be repeated. It had to be perpetual. Like this blood wasn't enough to separate our sins from us and cast them away from us. Like, like we were in constant need of atonement. Mm. And if we really understand sin, then we're understanding that anything done apart from faith in the Lord is sin, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's not a second we don't need God's grace upon us. Uh, And and so if if we needed atonement to be made perpetually, then brother Jimmy, if he were to die in a car accident, might actually be in a bad place, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I would be in trouble if I weren't able to go and and kind of perform this ritual. Yeah. But what does this passage say? The the old gives way to the new, right? Mm -hmm. The the old uh, is... Uh, done away with and the new ushered in by Jesus comes and what what happens with Jesus? Jesus uh, had offered for all time a single sacrifice for yeah. sins and he sat down, right? Amen. At the right hand of God That's waiting for so his good. enemies. What, what's the result? Verse 16, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. And then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Yeah, It used to be that a perpetual sacrifice was made for the sins of the people. But now in Christ, a single sacrifice was made and now sin is dealt with for all time. And yes, so it's appropriate to repent of our sin, to confess yeah. of our sin. We're, we're told to do that. But if we are in Christ, then our sin is dealt with. Amen. Done. Uh, yeah, I, I really want to zoom in because that I think the author helps us in verse 14 with that, you know, so then like, should we just not repent of sin if it's dealt with? But I I love this phrasing for by a single sacrifice, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Right. That like verb tense contrast is super important. He has perfected past tense, those who are being sanctified, you know, continual progressive. And that is so helpful that there, there's this paradox in which we live as believers where we are counted as righteous and yet we are also being constantly transformed into the righteousness of Christ. Right. And 
You know, I, I think that that is really helpful to frame obedience and repentance. Then I am constantly finding myself in this pitfall of believing that my obedience is actually a contribution to the offering of Christ, that Christ has sort of purchased my salvation. And then, you know, I, I'm kind of adding on to that or, or you know, making it uh, go into effect by my own works. And, you know, verse 18, where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. So what does that tell me? It, it, it tells me essentially that that all of my worship, my repentance of sins, my, my seeking the Lord, it is not me covering my sin, but it, it is a response to the offering that, that Christ has paid. And so therefore it, it frees anxiety and, right. and, you know, fear and trepidation uh, of, you know, sort of being caught in the wrong place at the wrong time yep. with the Lord. It, it totally un, unfetters all those fears and it, and it frees me to just lovingly and joyfully pursue obedience, pursue, you know, submission to the Lord, knowing that in his presence is the fullness of joy. And I can say that confidently because I have been perfected even mm -hmm. as I'm being sanctified. And yeah. so it, it's such a, a beautiful mystery that, that just frees us to live our days in joy and pursuit of the Lord and one another. Absolutely. Yeah. Verse 14, I think this is one of those passages that is pretty big in contributing to our understanding of the doctrine of the sufficiency of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so the sufficiency of Christ is awesome. And, and it's something we struggle with, I think in part because we like to be sufficient in ourselves, yeah. right? Like we, we don't, I think in our heart of hearts, there's this desire to add something totally. to the sacrifice of Christ. Like we want to have a hand in this whole equation. Mm -hmm. We want to participate. Um, th there's something about us, I think, especially for, um, you know, hardworking, uh, successful people, mm -hmm. uh, we, we want to participate. We want to be a part of this. We don't want to just sit back and have something be accomplished for us. The problem is, is we are insufficient mm -hmm. by nature. Uh, we cannot accomplish that which Christ has accomplished for us. We can bring nothing to the equation. And that brings us right back to your point. That's why first 14 is so glorious because Jesus is sufficient in himself not because we have contributed anything, not because um, uh, he has, uh, you know, added something to uh, his uh, uh, his person or his work. No, no. In himself, he is sufficient. He is the holy one. He is the one who obeyed God actively and passively, and he was the one who was crushed upon the cross, upon the cross, pierced for our transgressions, so by a single sacrifice we can have peace with God forever. Absolutely. You know, I think Tim Keller does a great job of unpacking this idea in the freedom of self-forgetfulness that as Christians, in contrast to every other worldview, we live out of a verdict and yeah. not towards a verdict. Mm. And, you know, I it makes me think of, you know, my relationship to my father. And, and I'm sure you can relate to this towards your sons. Like your sons are your son. Like that is their identity. They are yeah. Randall boys. Right. And you have 
you know, as a father who wants to disciple them into men, like you certainly have a, a blueprint of what you want them to grow into, but their identity is not dependent on them becoming, you know, smart young men who love the Lord and, mm-hmm. and love their families and, you know, et cetera. Though that is something that hopefully they're growing towards, right. they are they are sealed with the identity of being your child. Yep. And, and so that it's just such a I, I just love that verse. We we have been perfected for all time. Mm-hmm. Um and yet we're being sanctified. So may we live in that today. Amen. I mean, well, for Jackson Randall, this is Will Carlisle. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.